This is an In the Locker Room podcast from SNR. Catch Tunch and Wolf live weekdays from 10 to noon on your 24-hour home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Yes, he practiced the entire practice, so uh, looking forward to seeing him get back to us and do what he does. It was good to see that, you know, um, you know, he's, a, he's an asset to us, and, um, you know, having him out there just kind of has that, I wouldn't say experience, but someone, you know, who just knows what, what they, their, their role is. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf on your 24-7 home of the black and gold Steelers Nation Radio. All right, we are opening up the doors of the locker room. He's Wolf on Tunch, and that was James Washington talking about Deontay Johnson. And, uh, Wolf, you saw it. Uh, you know, I wasn't here yesterday because I was prepping for uh, last night's uh, class right. uh, Bible study. Uh, but uh, you saw Deontay Johnson practice. He was out there. Practice. He participated, yeah. And, well, we hung out a lot by the turbine heater. Now, imagine this. Yeah. One of the great new innovations now on outdoors, by out on the field and back, is you got one of them turbine heaters. Right. Yeah, Zooks, is that nice? Yeah. Because, you know, it was a little chilly yesterday. Yeah. You know, me in my old age, I'm, I, I get chillier faster than I used to. It's kind of disturbing. We, we didn't have... Uh, uh, we didn't have benches. We, we didn't have turbine heaters. We, we didn't have turbine heaters. <laughs> I remember... At Syracuse University, during a snowstorm, a cold day, right? Uh-huh. Our heater was a garbage can with coals in the box. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I remember I hung my foot over the into the garbage can. My shoe was down probably six, eight inches from the coals. And yet my foot was so cold, I couldn't feel anything. So I'm talking to my offensive line coach, and all of a sudden he started to smell like burning leather. Yeah. He goes, your shoe is smoking. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, anyways, uh, regardless, he was out there yesterday. Yeah, yeah, Deontay Johnson, that is a. I'm excited. Yeah, and James Washington uh, expect him uh, thinks he's says he's he could, play. you know, yeah, he, yeah. he practiced yesterday, and, so the possibility, and, though, they're still in protocol. Right, right, yeah, passing the steps. Yeah, yeah, and and I, I don't, uh, uh, you know, if the protocol is so strict in uh, today's game. Uh, I, I just want to know, uh, can, can you be cleared this early in the week? And I don't think you can. Well, uh, there's got to be the independent observer given the final go. Right, yeah. You know, uh, so that won't occur, I think, until Saturday or something. Is that? That's it, what happened with yeah. the, yeah. Is that a fact? Yeah. yeah. I believe, uh, I believe that's a factoid. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I think, um, from a, a uh, uh, Deontay Johnson uh, point of view, it looked like he was hurt more than Juju. Right. But Juju is the one that's going Well, he's be, got the knee yeah, thing going and, on. Yeah, and, and the head. Right. Uh, I'm wondering which is more. Which is worse. Yeah. Uh, What's well, going on more? I, I still don't get what happened. I, well, no, get, one said, no one said anything. Yeah, no. Okay. Yeah. Good. Then I, it's not that I'm in the dark just because I'm stupid. No, no, you know, which no, is no, always no. you know. You, well, you, uh, you know, I think uh, you know they 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 try to keep these things under wraps, right? Which I agree with. Uh, you know, you sure. you, you don't. Uh, I, I remember uh, uh, Curly Culp uh, broke one of his thumbs, and so you wouldn't know which thumb it was. He had casts on both thumbs. <laughs> 
you know, I, I, well, he had the same thing on his forearms. That's right, right, right. You know, and uh, uh, because players don't want. Well, because to give back away. in our day, we used to target things. That's right. Yeah. No, uh, I'm not. I'm not saying because I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But uh, you, when a guy had a kind of a bad knee, you'd find out. Which knee? Yeah, but well, you know? and so would you ever wear a brace on both knees to fool them to thinking what knee it was? No, I don't. I no. hate. Braces. I hate it, especially back in our day when yeah. those braces were like monolithic. They were huge. Yeah, uh, to they, use to pull a big word out. Yeah, they weren't monolithic. They were restricting. <laughs> Yeah, but you remember it would pump your thigh up and your yeah, leg. Yeah, your, one your, leg your would leg. be all lactic acid yeah, and out. Yeah, and you you'd be limping. Yeah, and 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 you wouldn't be limping because of the injury. You'd be no, limping because of the, the yeah. The it was brace. cutting the circulation off and it was heavy and uh, yeah. You know, you move. You can't move with cat-like stealth and quickness. Yeah, well, you never could. Oh please. Yeah, I smoked you, man. I remember you only had a five-one-five or five-five. I five, had a four-nine. Yeah, I had a four-nine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, you know, it was, it was funny, um, because when you'd ha when you have a knee thing, you'd have to wear a brace. Yeah. And in, in our day, the McDavid brace, it was just a half a brace and they tape it, uh, uh, yeah. to your knee. I like that better than the full brace. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, matter of fact, I went to just get my knee taped. If yeah. you remember all the right, time. Right. So for, I think the last half of my career, I had to have my knee taped every Every practice, every day. That was that was a yeah. pain in the leg. Yeah, and then you had to, and you had to shave your leg. Well, not really because it it just tore off. Yeah, but all you the... shaved it. I still, I think I'm still lacking hair on my knee. You you don't yeah, have look, any hair. Look look like at a the... baby's butt. You don't got any hair on no, your I don't. knee. Yeah. Plus that's now yeah got the scar from now the... you've got the railroad tracks yeah. coming down the middle. Yeah, exactly. Uh, with your uh, artificial knee. Which is good. It's great. Right. Yeah. yeah the artificial is better than the official. Yeah. Yeah. Well, your your old knee was shot. <laughs> it was. It was a knee no more. Yeah. It was. Uh, <laughs> you couldn't walk on it. You. you no. Know. That was. It was quite painful. Right. right. Yes, it was. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, let's get back to uh, Juju. Yes. Uh, you know, we don't know what what is wrong exactly wrong with his knee, and. Uh, uh, but there's a brace on it. That's what really alarmed me. You think it's uh, um, a brace for walkthrough? No, no, I mean no, for walking okay, around. Okay, normally, all right, when you put a brace on a knee that does not need surgery, it's an MCL sprain. And that, that, is, the, that is the most common right. uh, knee injury that does you not. You had one of those. Yeah, 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 that does not uh, need surgery. Right. And I missed one. I missed a preseason game right. with, with a MCL sprain, but I was back the next week. Um, but, uh, 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 you know, so I think it's that I, I'm going to, you know, I, I, I don't, I, I didn't see what happened and I'm right. I, I'm not, uh, uh, I'm not an orthopedic surgeon, but I do want to play one on radio. Well, good. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad that you are. But, but, but I'm no it's a possibility. But, but we, we, one of the things but we give does... our opinions on injuries is right. because we've had them. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. And so you're making a best guess assessment. Uh, on what you, you know, you, you don't know yet. We're going to wait. Yeah. And you find out. Um, but the brace for the MCL, that is that is logical. Right, yeah. You know, that's that's like a Spock logical. Yeah. Now, what, did you see Juju out of practice yesterday? 
I don't recall seeing him out yesterday uh-huh. at practice. So he, he didn't come out. He, he wasn't by the heater anyhow. Yeah, well, you know. Uh, and you were by the heater? Oh, you know it. Who, who were you by the heater? What Did, did you hear? Is, is Pouncey, uh, is appeal? He was not there hurt? yesterday. Yeah, so he, so we don't we're know. Waiting. We're waiting we're to waiting find out. Ogan Joby's appeal has been upheld, his one-game suspension. Oh, uh, so, so he's not. I, I think the NFL Ogan gave him. Joby. Him too. Yeah. Whatever his name is. The guy that pushed Mason from behind. You know, okay? uh, you know how many people have mispronounced his name? Ogan Joby. Well, n- hopefully this does. You know, will help to like settle that issue. Yeah, See, yeah. Now so everybody people knows. were calling Okeechobee. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lake down in, in Okeechobee. Uh, yeah, yeah it's down in Florida. Yeah, exactly. So, huh. um, but the point is, uh, as far as Marquise's uh, appeal, that was heard. There was a Steeler spokesman with him. It was by video conferencing, as I recall. Who was the spokesman? Did not identify him. Yeah, they should have had you and me for the defense. That's right, because we could have ju- we could have done what Chuck did. That's right, we, we could have given. Because I our... remember Chuck's words exactly. Exactly. If you don't let him protect uh, his teammate, you in essence emasculate him. I know what that means and now. Then, yeah, but you, but at the time, but you then went, I didn't. Yeah. But at the time, you went emasculate, and I go, I'll tell you later. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I wasn't the wordsmith then that I am right. now. Yeah, I know you are. You're the you're. Your readers digest all over your Webster's dictionary, <laughs> uh, but so uh, Juju's not expected to play now. Pounce, if he stays at three games, right? Um, BJ is going to, you know, BJ uh, is going to start this week, right? Uh, and uh, you know, BJ's uh, done a great job whenever he's had. I've to always come in. said this. I think BJ is a better center than he is a guard, and I think he's a very good guard. Yeah. You know what? I just Yeah, he's a better center than yes. a guard. Yeah. That's, that's that, always yeah, that's, been my that, impression. That, that's what he that's what he is. And so uh you know, whether Pounce has got three games or maybe they reduce it to two you know, if if Ogan Joby just gets one game, Pounce should just get one Look, game. Look, he never even connected with yeah, yeah, with uh Okeechobee, whatever it is. It's Ogan Joby. Okay, him not too. Okeechobee. That's a lake. All right. So yeah. with the lake. He never even splashed in the lake. Yeah. Okay. I mean he, the the kick was if it was it got anything it it just grazed him it was not the Lou the full Lou, Lou the toe grows yeah but uh, you know, uh, he didn't get the straight square toed lineup and boom yeah but uh, you know the 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 bigger uh, kick would be uh, Tom Dempsey oh yeah because that's, that's a half a foot but that was in that's Cleveland we we're talking about yeah all right all right but yeah that's true because he. Uh, he had a metal plate in that, Tom right. Dempsey. Yeah, yeah I, I'm surprised they let him kick with that. Yeah, think yeah, about that. Yeah. You know what I mean? 63-yard, uh, you know. Yeah. I remember what uh, uh, Alex Karras said. He said, we saw a guy come out with a half a foot and a half an arm, and we started laughing. Right. We laughed all 63 yards, and the field goal was good, and yeah. we lost. Then, yeah, then the, they weren't laughing anymore. Yeah, that's right. They weren't laughing. The, the New Orleans Saints beat the, uh, the Detroit Lions. Um, but um, – uh, you know, so B.J. Finney is, is He's going to start. start. Yeah, yes. yeah. And uh, and I'm good with that. Look, yeah. B.J.'s got experience. He's uh, Right now he's 9-1 and one as a starter. Yeah. Not quite as good as, as Chris Hoke, who right. is 17-1 and one when, as Casey uh, Hampton's backup. Yeah. All right? But, I mean, B.J.'s still building on that record. He's yeah. still a young guy. So you look at this and you think, okay, you got yourself B.J. Finney. That's solid. Yeah. That's good. That's rock solid. He's familiar with all the buzzwords, the code calls, everything else. And, uh, you know, he's a steady snapper. 
Yeah. You know, and if anything, if anything, and, that, you know, this is no big deal, but, but Marquise had a few snaps go awry. Right. I always wonder, did he hurt his shoulder or his hand or something? Right. Because he's always been a steady snapper. Right, right. So my, my question, and let's get back to uh, oh, yes. uh, uh, where are we going? Uh, Deontay Johnson and James starting at the two wide receivers. Uh, Johnny Holden, Tevin Jones uh, are right, and, and uh, Deion Kane. Deion Kane. Now let me ask you something. After practicing yesterday, and you saw Deontay, De- Deontay, yeah. De- uh, uh, Johnson. Would you be shocked if they said he wasn't ready to go? Um. You're, you've paused. It did. It, a, it did that's, really. That's you a know, major pause. I'm I'm trying to think what what I was at exactly thinking. I was, you know, yesterday I, we were standing right. So by are here. you in the concussion um, protocol right now? Well, you know what? Because uh, Doc you, Yates said I was the longest current concussion protocol guy. They yeah, because because yesterday the headset was sticking in your head. And there was oh a, yeah, there was man, a metal. did that hurt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I, I thought you that were in the piece concussion. of metal was sticking right in because my gorge. Because you, you, you paused. Well, I, I was sticking it over. I was trying to give you a, a true reaction of what I felt. Right. I and think give it in to me. in lieu of of what I saw in Cleveland versus what I saw yesterday, um, I still I, I'm I'm I, you can't help but look at the perspective of the of the great worry about CTE and, and traumatic brain injury that I, I think it's almost like ipso facto he was going to be ruled up. But it was – I have to remember, that was 10 days ago. Right, You know right. what I mean? The, the, it will be 10 days by the time they get to game time. Yeah, yeah. So that's different than a normal seven-day period. Right. you got an extra three days. So taking that into account, um, I think he's got an opportunity to be ready. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he – you know, he, he – he, looked and sounded just fine yesterday right right you know? so so, so I, without, yeah, you know, because, because um I, i'm afraid. and i don't know about the headaches yeah, yeah, and stuff yeah. like that because because uh, i'm afraid of that i'm seeing you in me so i'm going to uh the restore hyper wellness uh thing and going to their oxygen chamber wait a minute you're getting me confused yeah. what are we talking about about here? you know restore i've told you when i took yeah, the when cryo you the yeah cryotherapy. But, uh, but they you also stuck your head they, in there they also got an oxygen uh you know they have the oxy- right. what, what's it called again it's uh, a uh, hyperbaric chamber hyperbaric yes. chamber they have a hy- hyperbaric chamber i'm going to go do that why don't you sit in there a little while longer so you can remember it's a hyperbaric chamber hyperbaric chamber yeah yeah well, uh, hey, listen, you don't have, you don't remember everything either, all right? <laughs> you don't remember everything. I remember a hyperbaric chamber. Yeah, well, uh, you know, it's uh, but, but, but I'm going to do that. I'm going to do, I'm going to do that because uh, the, it says it really helps. Well, guys one thing I know for sure, and I've talked to, and, and this comes also out of a great deal of extensive research by a doctor down in New Orleans who. Uh, was was commissioned by the army to study um, traumatic brain injury right. and hyperbaric chamber work. Right, and it's approximately one half atmosphere you go to. Some people they think, oh, if the more you know, because they use that to to regulate the blood when a diver goes down too far, right. you have a mixture of nitrogen, nitrogen and right. oxygen and all that stuff. Yeah, um, you have to slowly get the bubbles out of the bloodstream. And one of the things that uh, people did when they first started to do it for brain injury is that they'd go to two and three atmospheres or whatever it was, but it was like one and a half. They had the greatest success. Right. And so, and so that's important. what the hyperbaric chamber yes. is. Yeah. Yes. 
Uh, and so they've had great deal I'm gonna success. I'm going to do it. I'm going to, you know, Good. I'm going to do it next week. I think yeah. you should. Yeah, it restores. Because you're definitely getting mental. It's in Upper St. Clair. Hey, <laughs> hey, listen, you can't think of stuff either. You know. I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it is what it is, Chalooch. It's like you always say. You don't know whether it's the things we did when we were young. I, I don't think it was, <laughs> it was the drugs I did in the 70s, the headbutts I took in the 80s or 90s, or whether I'm just in my 60s. Yes, I yeah, know. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're both in the same shoes, and, and brother. I, and I thank God the, uh, the Lord For saved, grace and saved, mercy. That, that he saved me uh, from myself. <laughs> Uh, yes, because uh, I haven't done a drug since 19 into the early 80s. And so anyways, uh, by the way, uh, on Saturday morning at eight o'clock, uh, the 51st annual men's breakfast, uh, Thanksgiving breakfast at the Bible Chapel in uh, McMurray, Pennsylvania. We've got Dan Bauman, uh, a, a man that was uh, uh, put into jail in Iran uh, and sentenced to death. And uh, t- he's going to tell a story about how God pulled him out of that. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we got Dave Lapham, uh, the uh, color analyst of the Bengals Radio Network, former great uh, offensive lineman for the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll be right back after this. This is an In the Locker Room podcast from SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf on your 24-7 home of the black and gold Steelers Nation Radio. Well, we're back. He's Wolf Bob Tunch, and uh, we are very fortunate. We have a former great offensive lineman, offensive guard for the Cincinnati Bengals and the color analyst uh, on the Bengals radio network, our good buddy Dave Lapham, and who was a Syracuse graduate. <laughs> oh, uh, well, we can start off with, a, with just a, a Syracuse man. Does yeah, suffice. but he's a Syracuse, Syracuse graduate. He you, is. You're that not a is. Syracuse graduate. Ha ha! It well, is to laugh. All right, welcome, Dave. How you doing, bro? No better place to be than in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf. I can tell you that. <laughs> welcome, my brother. How are you? <laughs> Good. How are you guys doing today? We're doing uh, fantastic. Fantastic. No question about it. Hey, Dave, um, <laughs> what, one of the questions we have been debating is uh, uh, why uh, the change of quarterbacks? Uh, is it because Zach Taylor is was not an Andy Dalton fan? Is, uh, uh, is he more of a Ryan Finley fan, or is he – does he want his own guy? You know, I think I think they've made a determination as an organization that uh, you're going to be parting ways with Andy Dalton. Um, he's going to have another year left in his contract after this, but it'll be the third bite of the apple, and that's you know you're getting up into the over twenty million dollar year range. And I think their feeling is that you know what we're going to we're going to draft one. First, we're going to evaluate Finley. He's the only guy that we haven't evaluated yet on the team, basically. So we're going to evaluate him and see if uh, a, a guy with a four-year rookie contract that you can build around, you know, is something that's viable. Or if he's not, we're going to go draft a guy with a five, in the first round with a five-year rookie contract to build around. And you know, if, if you're if you're up in the stratosphere of like Ben, that kind of money, you have to have Ben's uh, track record and accomplishments: Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, um, Russell Wilson. I mean, those guys. 
there's a handful of those guys that that make sense. If but then the other part of it in the league is you look at uh, Mahomes, Jackson, these guys with uh, rookie contracts that that teams are building around, and I think that's the direction that the Bengals are thinking about going. And they first they want to see if Finley has what it takes. If he doesn't, they're going to move on from him as well. David, when you first of all, I got to ask you. Now, Tunch has gone to this cryotherapy. Have you ever gone to a cryotherapy joint? I have not. I haven't even gotten a massage. I've never had a massage. How about Are that? you kidding me? You've never had a massage? No. Uh-uh. Go get a massage. David, really? all that great academic achievement at Syracuse, and you haven't had a massage? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm disgusted by that. <laughs> I, no, I haven't. Hey, hey, I mean, hey uh, uh, Dave, I'm, I'm doing all this stuff now. To help my headaches, uh, you know, I, I've, I've gotten uh, these drips, these vitamin C, B-complex, B12 drips at uh, at this place really? called the Restore Hyper Wellness. I did the cryotherapy. You know, the cryotherapy, you go in for three minutes and it's freezing, but when you come out, you've got, you've got this energy that's like, you, uh, like you've been shot out of a cannon. But he didn't. Well, burn don't go in there like barefoot like Antonio now. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know they give you socks and furry slippers and mittens, <laughs> right. so you don't get that. Yeah, but but I, I was thinking, how did AB burn his feet? What what a goof! Uh, you know he that, went in barefoot. Didn't work out. I don't yeah. know. I don't know, Dave. Let me ask you this: uh, since I took us off track, and I'll get us back on track. Um, <laughs> Well, something, something I rarely do get his back on. Yeah, that's right. I, I'm the one that reels him back in. So the the thought I had was, <laughs> why the move to Andy Dalton um, after the trade deadline? I mean, I, I found that kind of interesting, and already at that point of being zero and eight and so forth, and then you suddenly make that decision. I just wonder if you had any thoughts on that. Well, it, it ended up the, the move was made during the bye week, and the bye week was that. That time okay. frame after the eighth game was the bye week, and they wanted to give him the extra week with the number ones. You know, he hadn't been taking any reps with the number ones. They wanted to give him a, you know, a viable uh, shot to, you know, to prepare for that first NFL start. And it was just a, an ill-timed thing. And you know, the other thing is, honestly, um, the Bengals felt like, what if Ryan Finley gets hurt? I mean, Dola Gal is far from ready to go, so they needed somebody that, you know, could could run their offense. Uh, and so. They didn't want to just fire sale Andy Dalton right before the trade deadline. I think I they're gotcha. probably going to be able to get more value for him, you know, this off season when everybody takes stock of their quarterback, you know, room and um, you know probably be able to get more. I know, I know. For example, like Tyler Eifert was sought after by the uh, the Saints and the Patriots, but they were talking no more than a six round pick with the Patriots. That's like a early seventh round pick. You know, they're going to be picking last again probably. So they didn't want to fire sale assets to teams that were, you know, playoff caliber teams and enhance their their position and, and really get nothing in return, I think. A- am I imagining this, uh, David, or does it look like uh, 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 after Andy Dalton sat down, Tyler Boyd was not getting as many looks, and uh, maybe he's a little frustrated by that? Yeah, particularly it throws to a, a big head, you know, in, in the last football game. Or Tyler Boyd get targeted three times. He had one catch for zero yards. Now, you know, one of those targets was a third down drop. It still only targeted him three times uh, on the on the fourth down play. 
the last time the Bengals, uh, you know, had a legitimate chance to tie the football game, they were in Oakland's ter- field position territory in their half of the football field. He tried to go deep into a double team situation with Damian Willis, an undrafted, you know, rookie free agent, and uh, instead he had Tyler Eifert and Tyler Boyd on the other side of the field, both viable options. Tyler Boyd, in particular, was wide open for a first down, and uh, he didn't go there. So. Yeah, Tyler Boyd, I think, I think what Ryan Finley has to learn, like all the great ones, you know, Ben's a great example of it, it's not necessarily the play. You look for a player. I mean, in those situations, you look for who's done it. I mean, Tyler right. Boyd's converted third downs, fourth downs. I mean, he's been their clutch guy. And if Tyler Boyd's running across or in the middle of the football field and he's looking right at you, give him the damn football. Forget, forget what the play was, but forget the play call, the progression. 83's right there. He's got a first down, boom, plunk it right in his chest. Yeah. Now, you guys were running the ball quite a bit the last game, I believe it was. Yeah, against, Oak- yeah. Uh, against Oakland. Uh, Oakland. A little yeah. bit late in the fourth quarter, but the running game is something that it, it apparently it, it's something Zach Taylor wants to reestablish. Yeah, in the last three weeks, they've outrushed the opponent. Started in London against the Rams. They outrushed the Rams. and They've been on a three-game run of doing that. And in fact, in that three-week stretch, they're sixth in the NFL running the football. They uh, they ran it for over 150 against Baltimore and over 170 against Oakland. And what they're doing, you know, there's Finley, you know, had a couple of scrambles that, you know, kind of distorted, you know, a couple 20-yard scampers or whatever. But they still rush for, you know, 120, 130 yards. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they went to a gap scheme. Instead, they were just doing inside-outside zone. They were running to the Great Wall yeah. of China. So, right. you know, now they're, now they're pinning and pulling and, Doing, doing uh, some of that stuff, and it's, they, they've responded to it. They've gotten Joe Mixon on the edges, you know, where he's, he's running over corners and, and uh, safeties instead of trying to run over Cameron Haywood or, you know, one guy, somebody at the linebacker level. So it'll be interesting if they can, uh, you know, they can keep that up because, as we know, good running games, any quarterback's best friend, a, a, a rookie quarterback making his third NFL start, it's his best, best friend, there's no doubt. You know, I, I like the running game. Dave, you know, I charted their runs uh, uh, this morning out of three wides, and I love that quick pitch cutback. Yep. Uh, yep. And I and I love uh, uh, I love the uh, uh, the thirty four and thirty five trap. Well, you know, they run more thirty five trap because I don't think that right guard uh, John Miller can pull as well uh, <laughs> as yeah. uh, uh, as uh, Billy Price does. Um, but right. but yeah, I I, I, I like their I, I like the uh, uh, you know and the the way they f- uh, flex out the the tight end so they don't bunch up uh, the box and Mixon uh, I, I didn't realize he was a four four guy and I you know he's getting on the edge uh, uh, great I mean I I, I I I like the way they they're throwing the uh, they're they're using the pitch and they're running that uh, what we used to run we used to call it the toss twenty eight hook. Right, right. We used to call it like toss crack, you know, yeah. you know, blocking down, trying to pin and pull, pull linemen around it. And you're right, Joe. Joe's got a size speed ratio now. I mean, he's he's put together and he can he can run. There's no doubt about it. The the problem, the the biggest problem they've had. The reason they're 0 and 10, in my opinion, the biggest reason. Well, there's more than one, obviously. When you're 0 and 10, defenses suck. There's no two ways about that. They they gave up nine chunk plays against the Raiders. Nine plays of 20 yards or more. It's always a track meet between the 20s, but they're in the top five in the NFL in the red zone, which is, you know, they kept the team in the games, you know, the ultimate bend but don't break. And, uh, you know, they, the Raiders only scored three points in the second half. It's a, 
you know, it's a one-score game. They've had five games decided by eight points or less, and they've lost them all. The Raiders, on the other hand, have had seven decided by eight points or less. They've won six of them. You know, that's that's life in the NFL. The reason they can't, you know, defensively, they, they've let it down, let down quite a bit. Offensively, they got no explosives. They have no chunk ability. It's it's like root canal surgery. They, they went on three 10-play drives two games ago for 29 yards, 33 yards, and 38 yards. It's like, I mean, it's just ridiculous. So that, that they don't they don't have either of their speed guys, A.J. Green or John Ross, to take the top off the defense. Everybody's on the box, the line of scrimmage. They're playing in the, they're playing in the closet. I mean, that's their biggest problem. Mm-hmm. They're just loading the box up to stop mixing. And they're saying, what you have left at wide receiver, we're shutting you down. We don't need extra players, man. We'll, we'll just man up on you and try to shut you down. So you don't you don't have enough uh, enough guys winning one on ones on the outside. You know, it's it's just it's it's been a it's been a nightmare trying to watch them uh, make make uh, big plays in the drive. They've, they they amongst the league leaders in ten play drives, but they can't get anything out of it. It's it's unbelievable. You know, the interesting stat I saw: they're averaging more yards per drive than the New England Patriots. Who are nine and one, and it's because the defense is giving New England short fields. If the defense right. doesn't score, I, I saw that they, they'd be three six and one without an offensive snap. Their defense has scored so many times. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but it, so the, I mean, one one thing that shocked me doing a little prep for this game, I realized the Bengals now uh, from the running game have been more efficient than the Steelers. Bengals are three point eight to carry. The Steelers yeah. are three point five. Both teams were averaging, you know. One's 81.7, one's 81.6 yards per game. And that stunned me. I'm like, man, Pittsburgh, you know, I, when I think of the Steelers, I think it's just pounding you, pounding, right. pounding the rock. It has not you know? happened this year. It is not yeah. happening. David, let me ask you something because you look at the Steelers' defense, conversely, they've got, I think, 34 sacks, the Bengals 13. Uh, yeah. Geno is still the guy with four and a half, but Carlos Dunlop, it's – Carlos, Carlos looks like he loves a lot. He, he doesn't look like well, he I'll plays say this too, every and play. I got to ask Bingo. you against Oakland. Yeah, I saw two things uh, from Geno I thought I'd never seen. He got taken off the ball on a double team eight yards, which I've yeah. never seen anybody take Geno off the ball. Uh, second thing was he literally waved at a guy going by him towards. It was the end few plays, but it was like a, a, a sign of surrender on his part, which. Again, I'm amazed because he. I got such respect for the competitor and the player that Gino is. I was surprised to see that. No, no doubt about it. You know, Gino. I mean, his uh, his production it has been unbelievable. He's one of four guys since he came in the league in 2010 with over 90 tackles for loss and over 75 sacks. He's got 99 tackles for loss, 75 and a half sacks. Calais Campbell, Cameron Jordan, J.J. Watt. That's the other three. So, you know, he's the only, really, he's the only interior guy, you know, right. that uh, snap after snap is, I mean, Campbell's inside, but he's outside some too. But, I mean, he, he's the, the uh, basically the unicorn out of that group, you know. And, right. and you're right. I mean, it, it, it's, it's been a frustrating year for the defense. I think there's some frustration. And, yeah, I mean, coaches are saying, you know, oh, I, I don't question the effort. I'm looking at tape like you guys. I'm like, well, hell, I am. Yeah, yeah, Carlos I'm Dunlop. Not, I'm not seen every snap. Yeah, I, I've never seen Carlos like that. You know, uh, careful. You just wonder if, yeah, yeah, if losing not, yeah. is taking some of the yeah. heart out of him. That's all. Well, here's here, here's an interesting deal. 
we had him on the radio show last night, and I asked him, you know, you know, how, what have you done to, to keep uh, keep your body right and play in the league 10 years? I make business decisions on the field. My jaw dropped. I'm like, yeah. what? Oh, you basically, uh... you're basically saying – you're basically saying you put it in neutral, man. What the right. hell? Yep. He, said it, he said it on the radio show. I couldn't believe it. Oh. Yeah, well, Dude, you know wow. what? I just, you know, I got here, you know, or Thursday's my early morning come and watch film, and I noticed that. He just, uh, you know, he, he. That's a ginormous he, statement. He picks his spots. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yep. Yep. No question. Well, David, thank you so much, brother. Uh, we appreciate you, and uh, I'll be on your show uh, tomorrow at three. All right, look forward to it. You guys have a have a safe journey to the natty now. Look yeah, we to will. That, <laughs> that we will, my friend. We will. All right, Dave, Dave Lapham, care, my good buddy, voice of the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, former great offensive guard. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to have Jerry Dulac right here in the locker room. This is an In the Locker Room podcast from SNR. Catch Tunch and Wolf live weekdays from 10 to noon on your 24-hour home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. All right, we're back. We got Jerry Dulac, the cool breeze himself uh, from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and the Steelers Radio Network. Uh, So, uh, um, Jerry, you know, this, this week has been a crazy week. And as you've interviewed the guys... Um, have they steered the conversation from what from what happened on uh, Thursday night to uh, uh, to what is going to happen on Sunday versus the Cincinnati Bengals? Yeah, you know, Tunch, I um, yeah, I have not gotten any sense, and and you know, you also understand when you go through something like that, uh, you know, from my from the players' end and and from my end, you know, uh, that. Uh, once those situations are passed, yeah, um, you know the guys they want to keep it in the past, especially right. when it was an ugly incident. Even though it, they weren't, you know, I mean, Miles Garrett was the one who was involved in the uh, the ugly incident, right? Um, and unless unless the, the I don't know, I've had a few young ladies when I dated when I was a single guy who referred to. That date is an ugly incident. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I was the ugly one. I'm sorry. That's right. That was me. <laughs> Just like Miles Garrett. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and, and I think, um, um, but unlike the Bengals yeah. games where that bitterness festered yeah. Yeah. And, and hung around, and um, I, from after the game, I didn't get any of that sense. I mean, the guys didn't think the game was dirty. They thought it was physical. Yeah, a couple guys got ear hold or helmet, you yeah. know, helmet hits. Um, but you know, I mean, nobody had the the the, the sense that that game was 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 dirty. Um, uh, was was extremely chippy. You know, it was tough. Was physical, but it wasn't the same as the Bengals games, right? You know, where that, like I said, where that that animosity or some of that bitterness or or that bad taste that you had you can tell the players still had it and waited for the next game. I don't think the next game will be anything like uh, 
to be any carryover like we saw with the Bengals. Right. You? I'm kind of interested I because so. you think there will I think be. Well, I, I, I want so. I want revenge. I, well, if I was see, in that locker so room, I want revenge. What do you You're think? Not, uh, I think the possibility exists in this. Possibility exists in every division well, game. But. Right, but here's here's the point. There was one or two polarizing individuals in in Cincinnati. That was Pac-Man. It was Vontaze. Right, absolutely. And they don't have an edge without those two guys. But here's the point. You know, their defense, they jog. Who are we talking about? The Bengals. No, I agree. I agree with Wolf's point. Right now we're talking about Cleveland, right? We're talking – I'm saying I don't think there'll be any carryover to the next Cleveland game. Well, you just talked about Pac-Man But no, but no, right. That's why I said the bitterness lingered with it because you had two guys. This is what I'm wondering about. What happens the next time with Miles Garrett? That's the whole thing. Well, I'm not talking about the next time. I'm talking about the the game in two weeks. Yeah. Because he won't be there. I know he won't be there. But I'm wondering about the next time because that's going to be the difference. Do you have a polarizing figure like – Larry, here's, here's or does Miles Garrett? I I I, I feel that uh, Larry Ogunjobi is uh, uh, is uh, uh, kind of a he villain. could he could be a little he bit could, of a target. Let me be. say this too about Miles Garrett. And believe me, I'm not about to defend him. Uh, the people in Cleveland will tell you. Most of the guys will tell you. Joe Hayden will tell you that he's that he's a good guy. That, that it was so out of character for him. Now I know he has a few fines for some for some late hits and whatnot. But he's not Vontez Burfitt. Okay. He's not Pac-Man Jones. So I don't, I, don't, I don't think he's public enemy number one just in general, like those two guys. Um, but next time – so I don't know even the next time that it's going to carry on. Well, I really well, don't. Well, you Wolf's know a it's, good guy. And, and it's going to be he, talked he played about, though. dirty. Who? Wolf. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, here's the other thing I found. No throwing stones here. People who live in glass houses should not throw stones. Here's the uh, right, exactly. Are you talking about me? I'm talking to you, Chilich. Are you talking the guy, about me? I'm talking the, to the you, The guy who Chilich. took every opportunity he could to gore a guy when he was down, much like studio, uh, WWE. <laughs> it's the only only guy I know who was uh, uh, worse than uh, Baron Cicluna. So, <laughs> uh, so, but what you know what I found fascinating about uh, that that whole incident was if you go back and watch the video, and and when we talked to Marquise Pouncey after the game, yeah, right. he talked about blacking out. He talked right. about not even knowing what happened, not even knowing what he did. And so when you watch that video and you watch at the end of it, he comes jumping in right away. Boom, boom, gets up and kicks him. And then he stops as though he was under some spell and now the spell has been laid. He right, just yeah. stops There's and no stands question. there. And, and I knew exactly what he's talking about. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and it was like, and so when I he exp- when he explains the way he <laughs> what he did, you understand it because he just then stops. There's no more getting at the guy trying to do it. He just right. stops, it. and that was the a, end of it. It's a red line thing. He talked about blacking out. I, I've experienced that that red line rage. The thing about it is. Um, I'm not sure if the statute of limitations is up on <laughs> th- occurrences, so I'm not. I'll hey, we, say no more. Hey, but we the already point got is, fined. We can't get fined anymore. We already got fined. Or uh, otherwise, it would be double Jaluch, jeopardy. Well, did you come on the field? Because if you did, that's three thousand yeah. dollars. Well, you know what? <laughs> I stepped. The funny part was when this all broke out. The first thing I did was I st- I started forward and I started buckling my chin strap and it was like one two step and went oh wait a minute that's right I'm old no I'm done <laughs> it was just like okay we're back in reality here we're good but the point being is um with Marquise if you look closely I don't even think he connected on on, on the majority of good thing otherwise yeah. that's what I don't understand why are you throwing punches with a guy with a helmet on I've yeah. never understood well, that's that. that's because well, you black you, out well we, we had rage. we had 
we had those everlasting hand pads. Right, right, and right. Our, our hands You could were, punch a yeah, concrete punch, wall. Yeah, right, right. Ever. yeah. But the point is, you know, with that, he didn't even go full Lula Toe Grows no, on him no. when he went to kick. Right. I mean, it was just like. Soon, you know, yeah, but soon, the, the minute he the minute the kicking motion came, I went, uh-oh, there's yeah, one. It just looked yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. And so that's the point I, I make about it. I didn't think it looked bad. <laughs> it. It, it was going to get you I in thought, trouble. I thought it was a nice retaliation. Oh, there's, it was a righteous but, response. But you know what? In our, our day, we would have got We're not fined, living in our day. But we wouldn't have got suspended. I, I Honestly, um, I didn't think Larry Ogunjobi should have been suspended. I thought Pouncey would get one game for kicking. Right. And then I thought Miles Garrett would get whatever they gave him, and I'm not surprised at that. But right. I just thought there would be some fun. You know personally. what, Ogan Joby, that was really a punk. It was. It was punk from Smack behind. I agree. From behind, right? I still, I still just thought he would get a, a heavy fine. But, yeah. But yeah. You know, I would actually, I would be fine with that. Really, when I think about it, you know, a heavy fine for doing something like that. Shoot, Vernon Perry tried to behead um, Mark, Mark Malone. Malone and yeah. Did, did, was there a penalty? Or was it just for the I, I don't think. What I was think that? What I, was that? That was back in well, Houston. That was in Houston. When we, we had one quarterback, Vernon Perry, cheap shot at oh. Malone, and then I and he wailed him one. I wailed him one. <laughs> and then I had to peel a guy <laughs> off his and back. And then he and had the Ted so. uh, uh, watched it jumped yeah. on my back. Wolf jumped on his back. We were just kicking and so screaming. It was one of those so so Todd Haley said on a radio interview right. that he blames the Browns coaching staff for them being a lack, a lack of uh, a, a discipline. Well, you either coach it or you allow it. Right, exactly, saying, right? exactly, right. Okay. So do you agree? Well, I think there's truth in that. I think uh, like Because Jerry we've Glanville, seen that with the – Jerry with Glanville the, coached it. Right. Okay. Uh, now, what I'm surprised at, if Greg Williams were still the defensive coordinator, I would have thought wow, that. I would have gone, oh, okay, okay, I understand it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but again, if it does start at the top and well, with Freddie Kitchens, well, then also let's let's realize too that Freddie Greg Williams Kitchens. is not that well, well. my Greg Williams is not that far gone from there. Right. No. Yeah. Right. It's a defensive right. unit. That Absolutely. He, he that, really, that's a good point. You know. Right. That is so a very good point. If you allow it, or if you kind of subtly encourage it. Yeah. You yeah, know. That's a good point. Freddie right. Kitchens uh, or Greg Williams is a year removed. Yeah. Not and, even. And and they not even. and they have uh, uh, they have still traits of that. But Absolutely. Steve Wilkes uh, doesn't strike me as that kind. No. Of, right. I agree. I, and, and, and Freddie Kitchen doesn't strike me as that kind of guy. No. But he strikes me as a guy. Here's the problem. And I had this conversation with some some people, including you know who, what I don't want to say. That that one of the problems you that know you who have, that I don't want to say. one of the problems because I told you who I talked to yesterday. Yeah. One of the problems who that you have when you promote from within is that is that a lot of those attitudes that existed before, clicks that existed before, still occur, and that's why the Steelers. Uh, it's one of the reasons why they believe in going outside the organization to hire a new head coach. You know when Mike Tomlin was. Was uh, was named? You know, it was it was Ken Wisenhunt. It was Russ Grimm, and nothing against them. You know, they're 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 good guys. They're right. good coaches. Yeah. But they felt we need to go outside, and 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 when you promote from within, it doesn't always work. In fact, I'd be willing to bet most times it doesn't. And I just to That's me, interesting. the the attitude that whatever it, to your point about Greg Williams, the attitudes that existed before, when you're promoting from within, chances are they're not changing. You know, that's they're not changing. And, and that's I, I never agree with that unless you know there's somebody really sharp that you're grooming. But well, on the whole, you don't Wilkes, see it a lot. Steve Wilkes is a new defensive coordinator. I know he is. Yeah. Right, he came from, Ari- came from Arizona. Arizona. He's not right. even had a year right. as right. far as, you know, in trying to change. But think about it. If you're trying to change the culture, you've already got an established mindset on the defense. And uh, 
you know, who knows? And, and, I, and I don't think they felt they had to change the defense because they had some good players there, right. and they thought, okay, we like the direction we're going, and they right. just let it be. It's yeah. that part where, you know, and why would Todd Haley say, you know, you either coach it or you allow it? Yeah. Well, first of all, well, he's, because he's, he's bitter. Because he's bitter. <laughs> I, I understand, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Oh, well, but I he's right. I believe credit. he's right, though. Yeah. I agree. I give him some credit in saying, well, maybe also they allowed some things that, you know, probably maybe they shouldn't. I don't know. Right, right. You know, who knows? If you're only if you're in there, you know. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, Freddie Kitchen coached with Bill Parcells down in Dallas. And, uh, you know, I, I, I often wonder, and he coached with Bruce Arians, and, you know, not that Bruce Arians is edgy, but those are old-school coaches. But Bruce was all about that no-fighting teammate rule, too. Was he? Yeah, yeah, he was. He was big on that. That's what I, I don't think Parcells was. No. No. <laughs> no. Parcells was, no. He definitely wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I, I think he liked that internal conflict yeah. or external. Yeah. He, yeah. Matter of fact, he, he, crea- like, he created Yes, it. I would say he Mrs. created Mrs. Glenn, Glenn is my still my favorite. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, Terry uh, Glenn, right, uh, right. Uh, uh, he goes. She didn't practice today. That's <laughs> oh, what he said. oh right. man, that, that'll stir the pot. That, you know, and then and he does it with that straight, like kind of smug, wry face right. when he does. And, it's and the then, best. and then, you know, the the he knew how to uh, push the buttons because they were getting ready to play uh, uh, the Rams, and he told LT he said. Hey, LT, I got a ticket for New Orleans. Go down there and send Pat Swilling back up here. He does better against Doug France than you do. <laughs> He's the best. I've said, you know, uh, I've, been, I've been in New York and a couple times, uh, you know, before a game and during the week and sat in on some of his – press conferences and he's just he's a beauty oh yeah. you he's love the beauty. nickname the big tuna oh, the, the big, big tuna, tuna. Yeah, yeah yeah and of course Earhart coached with him and he loved him and you know Earhart's one of my favorite people yeah Earhart uh, uh yeah you know what Ron Earhart said to me when he got here and I was uh <laughs> in the locker room he goes is that all the big you are <laughs> and I go I go what do you mean he goes you're pretty small for an offensive tackle and I go <laughs> I, I said, well, I've been getting that my whole career. He goes, well, you know, I got Jumbo Elliott, and I got Carl Nelson, and then I go, well, you got me now. <laughs> you know how bad it was? He says, is that all the big you are? He didn't even get bigger. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> That's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, and then he used to call me the uh, uh, the resident genius because I answered all the questions <laughs> right. He goes, oh, the resident genius, you know. <laughs> Yeah, he's one of my favorites. Yeah, he was he was he was great. He was uh he was a, a great. It's an exciting player. Sunday, 0 and 10. Yeah, against yeah. 5 and 5. Yeah, it gets 5 and 5. Yeah, 13 10 I'm predicting. Uh 13 10 yeah. Steelers. Yeah, I think uh, that's the way they're going to have to win yeah. going forward. Uh uh you know they ain't, ain't going to win 34 27. Yeah. All right, we're going to still win 34 27. We're going to take a break and uh All right, boys, thanks. thank you. Thank, thank you, you Jerry brother. Dulac. Uh uh and Jerry was brought to you today uh oh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, by uh John Oh, that's not it. <laughs> no, it's like the, the, the Carson bar. Uh, uh, I I almost hey, Jerry, said would you come in and just read your own script? I did, you know? I did that last time. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, uh you know, I almost said John Flynn Funeral Home, because <laughs> that was that was where we're going right. to, tomorrow. Carson City Saloon, Bud Light buckets, five bottles for eleven dollars during all Pittsburgh hockey games. Uh, Jerry we'll get Dulac. it sooner or later, yeah. dude. All right, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, uh, Bob Labriola will be joining us. He's Wolf. I'm Touch here in the locker room. 
This is an In the Locker Room podcast from SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Okay, we're back, and uh, he's Wolf on Touch. You're in the locker room, and we got our good buddy Bob Labriol on from Steelers Digest, Steelers Radio Network. Uh, and um, Labs, I got a question for you. You've been covering the Steelers for a long time. I'm old, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> the answer to the question. Yeah, that's right. So the question is, have you ever seen a patchwork offense like this? Um, not that I can remember. Right. Um, you know, maybe the scab team. Yeah. <laughs> but um, did you well, cover? Did you cover the scab yeah, team? Yeah, it was my job. I, right, then that I, I, I wasn't yeah. working here. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we went. I was working in uh, 1987. Right. That would have been um, Greensburg. Right. No, no, Johnstown. They no, no, I was working. Oh, oh in you Greensburg. were working for Greensburg. Yeah, and I would drive to Johnstown uh, every day for practice. And um, there were I – mean, well, I don't, I don't want to get sidetracked on, on all of that well, stuff. Well, you can. It, it, um, this is, you know, what we're talking but, about. I mean, it was it was quite a, quite an experience um, <laughs> when uh, I remember one of the – I think it was the first practice of the group, the new group. And um, Chuck has the players all around him, and he's talking to them. And one of the guys, he was a running back, I believe. He had his Walkman on. Yeah. Oh, he had no. the earphones on, and he's listening to music. And Dick Hoke walked up behind him and gave him a slap upside the head and yanked those headphones off and, like, threw him on the ground. That was pretty funny. Uh, but nothing was as hilarious as when you millionaires showed up uh, yeah. with your with your yeah. with your signs yeah. <laughs> with walking with the uh, unemployed steel workers right. down the street. Boy, was that a mess? Bubby with his Gucci shoes and yeah. drove up in a rolled up in a Jaguar. Um, and I remember, um, I think it was Mark Malone. I was trying to interview during the walk. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, that was that was pretty hilarious. Yeah, that was a mess. Yeah, it was. Uh, it but was it was. Really it, 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 it That's was fun. funny about the guy with the headphones oh, because you would no. never even think if you were at, at around right. Chuck I mean, this, all, guy, this right. This you guy, wouldn't I mean, even even right. thought about uh, doing that. But yeah. uh, wow, it was. And then Tunch, That's when he became a uh, media star, right? Because everybody was going. Because you get asked a question, you go ask Tunch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and and, and uh, Labs. Uh, uh, it was I. Uh, Mr. Rooney called me up because he knew I was looking for a field. And he said, uh, I heard you're looking for your field touch to practice on. I said, yeah, uh, Mr. Rooney, we won. He goes, uh, there's a key on Marianne's desk, and that's your wife. Uh, you didn't get it from me. And, uh, uh, you know, we were – and for days we practiced, and there was no media. But all of a sudden, the word got out. We were practicing there, and all of a sudden, the media was there. You know, and uh, and uh, you know, and, it was a mess. Yeah, it was a mess for, that, the, that's, for the seventh time. Yeah, <laughs> it was a mess. But anyway, back to the 
original uh, question, no. I mean, and the 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 constant turnover, uh, you know, at at the skill positions, uh, you know, running back, receiver, uh, you know, not not even we're not even getting into quarterback. Uh, you know, how many teams? Uh, and I remember this. I think it was 2015. Um, the Steelers were one of four or five teams that year that that actually started three quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, they won they won games with each of the three starters: uh, Ben, Landry Jones, and Michael Vick. Uh, and this year, the Steelers also have started three quarterbacks. Um, ben didn't Ben didn't win a game because he only played the opener and then half of the second game. Seattle game, yeah, yeah. Uh, we lost both of those, but Mason Rudolph has won games and Devlin Hodges has won a game. So, you know, that just is to me is a little tutorial for you know the fans who always ask around uh, roster cutting time why do the Steelers want three quarterbacks? Yeah, and this is why. Yeah, well, didn't did, did, uh, uh, the Steelers start uh, three quarterbacks in 1974? Terry. Oh, yeah. Hanratty, yeah. I don't know that Hanratty ever won a game, though. Yeah. Um, but that wasn't because of injury. Yeah. That was because, because they, they were trying to find the quarterback. Yeah. They, the quarterback. Right. And, you know, back then, too, uh, part of the problem there was that in, in terms of finding someone, uh, the quarterbacks called their own place. Right. And Chuck wanted to run the ball, and Joe Gilliam was really interested. Joe in that. Gilliam wanted to throw the ball. Yeah, <laughs> and um, so you know they went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth with that for a while. But, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So the running back situation, the wide receiver situation. Um, you know, all all due respect to the to the guys who were out there, uh, but in the fourth quarter of the game against Cleveland that Thursday night, you know, it kind of looked like a. a third or fourth preseason game uh, with, you know, the, the, the guys that, you know, who were out there and the amount of time that some of those guys had had to practice before being out there. So, uh, you know, I thought that maybe this game coming up in Cincinnati was going to be similar because of the concussions to both Juju Smith-Schuster and Deontay Johnson in, the, in Cleveland. But, um, uh, yesterday, anyway, Deontay Johnson was a full participant in practice, right. yeah, which is great. a really good sign. I mean, that's – I don't know if it's the last phase of the concussion protocol, but it's toward the end of the concussion protocol when uh, a, a guy has to um, undergo uh, intense physical activity and then you see how he responds to that later right, the and then the next induced. day. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, so, you know, today, if Deontay Johnson is a full participant again, uh, I would think that uh, he would definitely be a decent candidate, good candidate to be able to play Sunday. And, um, you know, if Benny Snell can come back too, at least you're not having to start two guys or play significant, uh, give significant playing time to two guys, Deion Kane and Kareth White, who... I don't know. Last Friday, for sure, they were on other teams. Right, right. Um, and I, I can't even imagine what that task is like, you know, for an offensive player to try and get a game plan down, and um, you know, for the running back to develop some kind of rhythm 
with the offensive linemen to find the holes and to understand, you know, how that works and for the receiver to develop any kind of um, mojo wolf with the quarterback. Right. Yeah. Um, Excellent choice of terms there, Lab. <laughs> Well, I was struggling for the word. I looked up and saw you, and it just jumped right into my head. <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> you know, the the point that you make is great because think about it. You've got a young man come into another system. Number one, what is the terminology, and how does that how is that handled? And I know you talk to the coaches. Whenever they got a new guy, you're talking about hours of extra preparation that they have to individually get a guy ramped up to speed. You know, and so it to me, it's it's no easy task to bring somebody else in, and then try to get them on the as Mike Tomlin calls it, the moving train. That's that's a hard thing to and, do, and especially I would think defense might be a little easier, right? Only because yes. there aren't as many checks and changes. But I mean, you, I don't know. Could would you have to tell Mason Rudolph when those guys are in, you can't audible, because. Or simplify stuff. Yeah, because of the code words. Right. Are you up to snuff on that? You know, I mean, I remember Bruce Arians talking about the fact when he was the coordinator here, Bruce said um, when he had – who was the young quarterback? Dennis – Dixon. Dixon. Yeah. He said, I can't trust some of these guys to run the two-minute offense. And this is with guys that he's already had. And then when Emmanuel Sanders and uh, A.B. were uh, uh, running two dogs, one bone. Yeah, he he said, I can't uh, can't trust trust them. I can't trust them because they're rookie year. That was 2010 was their rookie year. And uh, we went to the Super Bowl against Green Bay. Uh, But, uh, you know, that that's a you know it it, it is a challenge. Uh, it is it is going to be a especially challenge. now. If did it alarm you about Juju having yeah, a brace well, on? Did, this this bothered me a brace. You know, I mean, I I'm still trying to figure out how that that injury ended up. You know, whether he he when he fell after he got hit, or when he got hit, did he have his you know did the knee collapse in a way? I don't know. But the point that bothered me was he's walking around with a brace on it. Well, that's they do that now, though, um, because you'll see, you know, a guy even with an ankle sprain, he's got a boot on yeah. you know, right away. Um, and that's they, they feel that there can be some acceleration of uh, healing if you immobilize it, um, even though the severity of the injury may not rise to the level of what we have come to understand is the uh, – or calls for a brace or a boot or something like that. They do that now mm-hmm. right away, you know, with guys. And so, um, you know, I, I'm no doctor. I don't want to play one on this radio show. We, we but, leave that to punch. But, um, yeah, well, it's not good. You yeah. know, I, I don't uh, – certainly having a concussion and a knee injury and you're trying to come back and play within a calendar week – is not good news whether you have a brace on that knee or not. Right. Because this is what I always say about knee injuries. Rod Woodson walked off the field by himself um, after Barry Sanders juked him out of his ACL. And I thought, you know, he was laying out there for a while and all the attention, and and then he got up. And, you know, he didn't jog off or anything, but it was a slight limp, and I thought, well, this is okay. Yeah, he's he's all right. He's all right. No. So – you know, you just never know with that stuff. Yeah, when uh, when we were playing, uh, they just took your ACL out, and Wolf Wolf doesn't have an ACL. No, I still that's... played eleven games. Yeah, 
that yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. And if you uh, and if you have the, the uh, reconstructive surgery, back then you were out 18 months. Yeah. Uh, I remember uh, Malone was out for 18 months. And uh, but uh, uh, you know, I I, it's I a different. I, yeah. yeah, I mean, you look at the, what they do today with guys. I mean, look at Benny Snell. I mean, he just had a little, you know, little tuck and tear or whatever. I mean, he was – I just saw him on crutches, it seemed like, yesterday. And, and yesterday, he's out there running and practicing. You know, I mean, that's it's remarkable how fast these guys get back from – Well, the high – you know, Tua, uh, ta, ta, Tua the, uh, yeah, Alabama, the Alabama guy. The that, Alabama yeah. quarterback. But high ankle sprains. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he had a surgical procedure on each one of his – uh, ankles, high ankle sprain, and played in less than two weeks. Now I don't know if you guys have ever had those, but I never had a high ankle sprain. But you well, ever? I had one that, when that you, was you slammed that guy and it cracked the bone in my ankle. You fathead. Yeah. Um, but that's that good. that's a four or five week injury yeah. used to be. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the medic uh the medical advances are somewhat uh, spectacular these days. I always they- remember Casey Hampton, who didn't even have a full year. You know, of of recovery when he got his uh, ACL, and and he came back. And, Adrian Peterson. Yeah, there's another guy. Yeah, that to me. And Rod Rod was uh, Rod uh, blew out his ACL the first game he was playing in the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, and he made a great play. And Michael Irwin said, "I I'd like to see him playing with this." And he pointed at his. Uh, uh, his he name. made that play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that, wow. That, yeah. That was so it's changed a lot. a lot. Things have changed a lot. I just, I, you know, it, it's almost I, it's almost got to be, like, incredibly discouraging in some ways to the offense as a unit when you have this turnover, though. You know what I mean? Because it seems like you're constantly trying to reload, re- revamp up, and get back to where you were. And, you, and you know, you're just you're not even able to advance deeper into what you were. Yeah, the way, you know, the way I'm kind of looking at the offense now is – uh, I think that trying to, I don't know, whatever it takes each week to get out of the game with a win. That's right. the way I think that's the offense has yeah. to view it. Instead of trying to, you know, build on things and establish things and, you know, hone their different parts of their performance and stuff because this constant rotation of people I think really makes that almost impossible. You don't have any consistency of personnel. The guy who's next to you may not have been next to you last week, and he may not be next to you next week. Um, And so rather than um, focusing on that, you know, just do enough to get out of the game that week. The defense, I believe, is good enough that you can really lean on that unit now. Uh, similarly to the way that I feel the Steelers were leaning on their offense the previous couple of seasons. Right. And, um, you know, to look at this defense and and just look at what it has accomplished to this point and then look at the unit and say, okay, you know, we need X amount of turnovers and maybe so many scores either directly or set up with such easy field position, you know, to make them like – you know, easy putts in golf. You know, that Dulac guy who you'll have on after me, he'll explain <laughs> that to you guys. He was on before. <laughs> oh, was he? Yes. Okay. The cool breeze went by. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, you know, I think that that's a reasonable expectation or plan going into the game and say, hey, you know, we're going to uh, depend on our ability to take the ball away 
uh, you know, sack the quarterback, force fumbles, uh, those kinds of things, and win the games that way as opposed to previously you'd say to Ben, okay, I need 35 points today. Right, right. right. And, and you think about it, you lost all your pro bowlers. You lost Ben, you lose Pounce, you lose uh, James, you lose uh, uh, um, Juju. Uh, all pro, you know. Yeah, and again, you yeah. lost Brown and Bell. Yeah, AB and you know, uh, I mean, it was, it, there's still a factor in that. You know, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And the other thing, here's the one thing that bothers me, guys, and, and, it, and it makes me wonder. When you, you go in, well, yeah, I mean, just when you think about this, uh, you know, deep thoughts with Greg Wolfley. Right, okay? yeah, 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 that, 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 that's his. Deep that, waters run that deep. worries me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, So think about this, though. If you have an offense that's struggling like this in a hot defense, the other in the other opposition, maybe they, you know, their offense is decent and all that. How much you, how much that maybe they just go, you know, what we're gonna throw stuff at the wall, you know, you know, do whatever you got in the playbook, go because they can't move the ball or they're not gonna move the ball big time or we're gonna go on fourth down a lot more and stuff like that, uh, rather than punting the ball and trying to create the, the, the long fields because. You know, why not? Well, see, the way I, I would look at it is uh, I don't want my offense making any kind of mistakes or doing anything foolish that puts my defense in a bad position. I would think about the exact opposite, run the ball three times and punt yeah. and make them go 80 No, but I'm talking about the opposition's offense. Right, but yeah, but, they, I mean? but they don't have an offense. They got they got no, Ryan Fidley. I understand they right now. Joe I understand Mixon. right now, that, but that's, that's all not, they got Joe Mixon. Right, but that's not going to be it's going to be the rematch yeah. with Baker, then it's going to be Josh Allen, the Bills and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, well, well you know, let's all take I'm it saying, one game at a I time. I got you. I got you, but I'm just <laughs> This is called radio, okay? <laughs> We're having conversation there, Meathead, all right? Meathead, yeah, all yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Hey, listen, you're a college attendee, and I'm a graduate, so you cannot call me Meathead. <laughs> Dead okay. above the neck. All right, all right. Is Indiana State now an accredited college? Oh, I don't know, because I know it, it's a fancy schmancy. I know it used to it's be the called Harvard the Farmers the, and Teachers College yeah. back in the it, prairie it's days. It's the Harvard of the Midwest. Harvard of Terre Haute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, Rose Holman is the Harvard of uh, Terre Haute. Uh, but you know, um, but you know, I, I think, I think, uh, because of the way the defense of the Cincinnati Bengals is playing, I, I agree with you. I, I thought I think we'd run the ball because they've given up a lot of, of running yards, and uh, you know when you watch them, uh, you know they're they're not, they, they're fit. Carl's Dunlap. Is not playing. I mean, he he's he's picking his spots, and Dave Lampo. They'll was play there. this week. You know, Dave. No, I mean he's playing, but he's not playing. No, I'm. I'm what I'm yeah. saying is, they'll be interested this week. Yeah, this uh, week they'll I'm, be interested. I'm I, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. Steelers. Uh, uh, they see those black helmets. Yeah, uh, I still think you know the Bengals are like the the uh, old uh, horse that uh, pulled the the milk wagon. Yeah. You know, when the bell rings, the horse would react and start. You know Tugging. what? Dade Lapham had Carl Carlos Dunlop on his show, and he said, "What do you do to keep yourself uh, in shape?" He goes, "I make business decisions on the field." That means he's tanked. You know, you can you you watch this is him. What I think? Yeah, you. you I know, think they're tanking. Yeah, I think that you know he. What, my you know my my own suspicion is when you come to zero and eight and you look at it and you go. Well, gee, we're halfway to the first round draft pick or the first choice as a draft. player. No, 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 no. 
I've thought, well, oh, okay. the players, individually, players, I think, they, just what Carlos said, I make business decisions. You know what? I'm going to chase. I'm going to have my angle. But I'm also going to take a convenient angle to miss if it looks like it's going to be one of those things where maybe the knees are in trouble. Yeah. You know, people are flying around. You, I'm not going to extend only thing, myself. Though, I, and I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. Uh, I think, though, that that would be a little bit of a higher-risk proposition in the situation that the Bengals are currently in right now, which means a new coaching staff, because I don't think that when it's a new coaching staff and – you know, you were here when Bill Cower came in. I don't have any senses of loyalty to any of the holdovers. Right. Uh, because I remember Bill Cower said that Tom Donahoe walking off the field at St. Vincent College not long after uh, the 1992 team reported. And after one of Huey Richardson's um, typical sessions, uh, he looked at Donahoe and said, how do they feel about cutting number one draft picks around here? Yeah. So, you know, again. You know, the, we have our own suspicion. Tunch ruined Huey. <laughs> but anyway. Because he, he came in late. And, he broke his nose in the walkthrough. And, and, and no, no. He, he, he went one-on-one -on -one with me. And, uh, um, and, you know. And, and he was no more. And Brian Hinkle, <laughs> and Brian Hinkle said, I hope he saved his signing bonus. <laughs> um. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what kind of, um, you know, program that uh, that the, the Bengals' uh, new coach and the, his new staff, you know, whether they're in the house cleaning mode, if Mike Brown's going to allow that or not. Yeah. But uh, I just think that there's a tendency uh, for a new staff to want to come in and clean house. And so guys who are making business decisions, if they are not actually right. uh, premier top of the – depth chart kind of guys on that team um they may become victims of business decisions right too. well he may he may want out you know too i mean i look at this why would yeah. you why would you put in ryan finley for andy dalton when it's not the quarterback court? is different but here's here's the other thing about a.j green i keep looking at last week he said he was fine and they still haven't played him and i'm still wondering why you keep holding off with this guy. Well, you do know he's going to be a free agent, though. I, I understand. So, um, you know, saving him because A.J. Green can just walk away. Well, here's the thing that I'm, I'm wondering, too. Do you realize that 0-8, we're halfway there, and you just, okay, let's just we'll move in Ryan Finley under the guise of we're, gonna, we're looking at next year, but you, behind closed doors, maybe Mike Brown said, let's make him a tight end. Let's tank. You know what I mean? One of those moments. I yeah. don't know. That's what I'm wondering. But I, I, I understand what you're saying. And in, in terms of the quarterback position and what that means, uh, not only to a team but to a franchise, you know, I could see uh, the Bengals not really um, in terms of not putting Andy Dalton back in. Okay. Uh, you want one of these quarterbacks that are coming out in the draft next year and you want to kind of start over from a franchise standpoint. But a guy like Carlos Dunlap, he doesn't fit that category. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know. There's one other guy that surprised me, Labs, and that was Geno Atkins. Yeah. Geno Atkins short-armed a tackle late in the game against Oakland that I was I was amazed. I mean, it was what, what I mean. Because I was just going to say of all the guys I'm looking at. Geno's the one guy you want. Well, right. He would be an untouchable yeah. or as close as there is yeah. on a Bengals defense. So, 
Oh, well. All right. Uh, thanks, Bob. Uh, Bob Labriolo from Steelers Digest and Steelers Radio Network. Uh, we're going to take a break, and we'll be back with more stuff. He's Wolf. I'm Touch, and thank you, Labs, for joining us. This is an In the Locker Room podcast from SNR. Catch Tunch and Wolf live weekdays from 10 to noon on your 24-hour home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. So we're back. He's Wolf. I'm Tunch. You're in the locker room. And, uh, you know, uh, the Pro Bowl voting is is well underway, and there are multiple Steelers leading the AFC votes in their respective positions. On right. defense, Cam Hayward is the leader uh, at defensive tackle with 36,000 votes. T.J. Watt leads at outside linebacker with 46,000 votes. Devin Bush leads at inside linebacker with 28,000 votes. And Minka Fitzpatrick is the leader at free safety, 44,000 votes. And Pounce uh, has got 31,000. It's uh, it's interesting uh, because in our day, Wolf, the fans didn't have a vote. It was the coaches and the players. And you can vote like Chicago. Right, yeah. Vote early, vote often. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? The point is with the Pro Bowl, and I, and I, uh, first thing that strikes you, we only got one represent uh, representative of the offense. Right. You know, everybody else is, you know, defensive-oriented. And um, it's interesting. Uh, and it certainly reflects what has been going and transpiring. When I look at this, the, the grouping right there, right now, you got to say the guy who has made the biggest splash is Minka Fitzpatrick. Right. The guy who, in my mind, has had thus far the, the, the MVP, though, would be T.J. Watt just because of his ar- total around game. Right. Be it forced fumbles, be it fumble recoveries and interceptions, sacks, all-around play defensively. I think, in my mind, that's how it stands out. But then you look at uh, a guy like Devin Bush who really made some splash plays early. We haven't heard much of him from lately, have yeah. we? No. Uh, you know, he, he – he, he, uh, you know what he's uh, uh, he's uh, he's in a growth process. Right. Yeah, he's in the growth process, and he's the young guy that's yeah. going to make some some great plays and some great gaps. Yeah. You know, we saw that in Seattle when he jumped off sides on a fourth and six. Uh, you know, took a double fisted punch to the chest from Cam Hayward, which I like to talk about just simply because I love the fact that he didn't mope, he didn't whine, he didn't curl up and and hide but he came back and made a big play and that's what I think this young man is capable of he's very resilient the guy has got some great coaching in Jerry Osavsky who I think is just one of the premier inside linebacker coaches a right that really helps his guys and does a great job in, as far as that goes um, and I, I look for a lot of great growth out of this guy but C- Cam Hayward is you know, I think Cam Hayward is the most consistent guy yeah. Yeah. He he just doesn't make mistakes. No. And uh you know, I think uh uh he to me uh even you know with TJ Watt and all his big plays, you know, I I agree with that. But I I would uh uh Cam is as yes. Cam is Cam is game the, in to, game out. Yeah, he is Cam the is heart the and soul the yeah. engine of that defense just as yeah. much as Marquise Pouncey right. is of the offense. Right. And uh, uh you know so I I I I like it that uh, you know one of the things 
I, I would like to find out uh, today is Pounce's appeal. Right. Juju's knee. Right. Juju's head. Uh, and, uh, you know, what, what? Well, what, yes, and where Deontay is and what step. Is, and, what you is know, it, six Deontay, steps or seven steps? I, I don't know. I, I don't can't know. remember. You six know, or yeah, seven. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's got to be nearing, you know, the, the, the end of that. The, the one quantifier is the independent guy. That's yeah, going to be so. Here, here's my here. Here's the the thing that I uh, I want to know. Uh, it looked when we were talking about it post game. We all said Deontay Johnson was out. Yeah, and he is probably going to not be able to come back. But it seems that Juju's head injury was maybe. A little bit, uh, or, what, or is it the knee? Yeah, see, we don't know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, nobody's you know. talking and, and letting us know. Is it the head or is it the knee? You know, just ask ask Juju. Well, see, the problem is he might not remember how he hurt his knee. Yeah, because you know the headshot. Yeah, but if that happens but, simultaneously. But but how bad it is, you know, we're going to learn. Uh, and is it uh, the fact that he's wearing? You know, as Lab said, you know, they put you got they put you in braces and right. walking boots and. You know that's part of the protocol today. Uh, they, you know, they've made tremendous advancements in getting guys back on the field uh, after their injury. But it's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm encouraged that Deontay Johnson is uh, been practicing yesterday. Yes, no question. And, and I'm going to look to see. How uh, today, how he is, right. uh, you know. What's going on? Yeah, right, right, right. He and, looked and, fine yesterday. You know what I mean? Did you and, did you notice Dion, uh, uh, Dion Kane yesterday? Did not. Yeah. Uh, James Washington was talking about his speed, though. Yeah. You know, he thinks this guy is just a light-em-up speed guy. Dion Kane himself says I'm a, he's a vertical-style receiver. Right. You know, in other words, that's all code words for, eh, I'm not so good at running underneath routes. Yeah, you know, or, well, or do you do you think that it, that's what he's saying? Well, in in my mind, I'm you know, it's one thing to say I'm a big play guy, I'm a vertical receiver, uh, and you know he's six six two four four, you know, two hundred pounds, yeah. all those things. And then the one thing that uh, you note about him is that he's known for dropping the ball. Really? Yeah, that's one of the things. Yeah, that's one of the things that he reps. Been, yeah, you know, that's uh. one of the knocks. When he came out of Clemson, I believe it was. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I don't know. I mean, then you're talking about he and Johnny uh, Holton, Holden. you know, which Johnny's had some trouble hanging on to the long ball, too. Yeah. Uh, and uh, at that point, you don't need two of them. Right. Right. Well, uh, it, it's, uh, um, you know, all of a sudden, Tevin Jones becomes the uh, uh, the possession receiver. Uh, the underneath guy. Right, you got James uh, uh, and all, but yeah. Tevin, I like. I, I've I've watched Tevin the last month or so, uh, the last six weeks. You notice him a lot during the defensive uh, periods. Team. where yeah, he'd run he'd run the plays for the defense. Right, all right, but always hard working, always running his routes very hard, working on his hands, very industrious. One of those guys who's just you know has that very resilient personality hanging there talk to him a number of times you know in between you know the practices and at practice and stuff and i was always impressed with his resiliency 
someone who does not give up. He's got a dream to live out his dream in the NFL, and he works hard towards it. And I thought Cleveland, you know, is, is it was a rough night, but he still came forward and made a couple of very good catches. And the one over the middle really impressed me because people around, the ball was a hot throw in there, and he went and got it low. Right. Um, and, you know, came back to the ball. All the good stuff you want. Yeah, but he is uh, uh, he is the possession-type receiver. Sure. Uh, and um, Benny Snell, was he, did he practice yesterday? Yes, he did. And what did he, how did he look? He looked good. Yeah. I was amazed. I'm like going, is that Benny Snell? Yeah. I mean, it, it, number 24. Right. You know I mean? Looking at him going, get Zooks, man. I remember when he was on crutches not long ago. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? So he looked fine. Good, because they're going to need him. Uh, sure. They're going to need him. And it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, three running backs with Trey uh, Edmonds and uh, Jalen Samuels and uh, Benny Snell. Who do you start? Well, it, it'll be Jalen, I yeah. would think. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think Trey is fully capable of doing some good stuff. And I would expect that, uh, you know what, he's he's going to grow into some more roles right now until James returns. Right. You I know, like Trey, though. Yeah, I, like I, li- I like Trey. Trey, he's uh, he, he's a, uh, he, he's a put-the-foot-in-the-ground-and-cut-up. He's a one-step guy. Uh, you yeah, know, he's no bones about it. He's going to drop that shoulder and yeah. gonna run behind his pads and crack you one. Yeah, and he's, uh, he's very, very physical. And, and he's fast. And, you know uh, – I, I like him. He's very powerful. I think he's still got the longest run from scrimmage right, right. this year, 45 yards. Right. And uh, so, anyways, uh, uh, we're gonna uh, we're gonna see. Uh, it, there there are a lot of questions that are unanswered. Right. To this point, now right. we may see. Uh, we'll see at a practice, more of what's you know, we're today. gonna see a, a little yeah. bit more at practice uh, uh, today, and uh, how this is gonna play out. I expect. I, I, I'm wondering, is Benny Snell back? Benny Snell back enough to to play? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I you know the the thing about it is uh, he's got to have a couple of excellent practices to right. show he's up to snuff on all the, right. the terms. You know all the you know all his assignments and that. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah. You know, again, this is another step forward for him. And, uh, you know, what's what John Colbo used to say. You know, you do a certain amount of work, and you see how you react the next day. You know, because how that knee reacts, that's going to be Right, so today's the day. Yeah, so I would think he's going to find out a lot about yeah, himself. today's the day. All right, uh, uh, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to close out the show uh, in the final segment. By the way, uh, uh, you know, Tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock is the 51st annual Men's Thanksgiving Breakfast, Saturday morning uh, at 8 o'clock at the Bible Chapel in McMurray. Uh, we got bacon hors d'oeuvres as you walk in the door. Uh, We've got uh, Dan Bauman, who was a uh, global worker in Iran, sentenced uh, to to death uh, uh, for espionage and... uh, and how the Lord uh, delivered him through it. So if you if you're uh, if if you got nothing to do Saturday morning, it's only five bucks. All you can eat. 
Uh, and the food is and bacon uh, or d'oeuvres, buddy. Yeah, bur- bacon or d'oeuvres. <laughs> it's get, it's a bacon morning. That's it, right, it, bacon. It, it's a bacon morning. All right, biscuits and gravy, eggs, uh, and it's going to be great. All right, we're going to take a break, and we'll be back. He's Wolf. I'm Tunch. You're in the locker room. This is an In the Locker Room podcast from SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf on your 24-7 home of the black and gold Steelers Nation Radio. Well, it's more than a feeling. Right. Yeah, it's more than a feeling uh, because we've got uh, with us Arthur, Don't Cross the Moats, and Wild Wild West. Uh, on our crossover, cro- our crossover section. So, Wolf, you, you just saw a well, thing. Well, it's interesting, Chalooch. Yeah. You got Levy and Bell with the Jets now. And L. He seems Bell. L. Bell, yes. <laughs> and he seems that he's a little frustrated because uh, he's been tested now for HGH five times in ten weeks. Right. <laughs> and he says, I'm done with it. They're not going to stick me with needles no more because, as Arthur explained, this isn't a urine test. Right. This it's, is, it's they a draw fear. blood. When, hey, Arthur, um, yeah. when did uh, the NFLPA acquiesce? To uh, testing for uh, for HGH. HGH, that would have been, I believe, it was the 2016 season. Yeah, and a lot of us were against it because it's one thing to do urine samples, right? right. It does. It's very. Was it? Uh, what's the word? In in uh, my goodness, it's, it doesn't really hurt, right? It's invasive, right? In terms of you could just go urinate either before a game, after a game, before practice, after practice, right. everything is fine. But when they started doing the uh, drawing of blood, right? Well, we all talked it's invasive. about right. It's invasive, and we all talked about how we. I mean, some people are very, you know, skittish around needles. Right. I'm not a big fan of needles myself, but you also understand See, that this that's is because you didn't come up in the time frame where the, the needle, needle was your was friend. Your friend. <laughs> <laughs> the block party. Yeah. Oh man! See, for me, I was like, oh, I don't want to be stuck with needles. So I used to hate it, and when you get to this level and they make that agreement. It wasn't as if they would notify you either, so you have time to mentally prepare. Yeah. So they just tell you, oh, yeah, you got a random test. And you're like, okay, cool. Yeah. And you're going in with the assumption of, oh, it's urine. And then you see this lady just sitting off to the side with these packets. And you're like, what is this? This looks different. What is this test right here we're doing right. here? And they're like, oh, yeah, we're drawing blood from you today. You're right. the lucky contestant. So I understand his sentiment in terms of the frustration that's associated with it. But at the same time, when you failed multiple tests yeah. or you've decided to not take tests for whatever the reasons may be, you're going to be one of those people that they target, target period. Right. Like, yeah. They say it's random, but let's be real about it. They have certain people that they, they flag, like, hey, we're going to make sure this guy's being tested. And that's just the nature of the game. And like I said, it sucks because the needle element of it, but – if you don't want to take the test, then just don't play. Well, look at Wes. <laughs> I would target Wes. Look at him. You know he. You he's know he's jacked up. Oh jacked man, up, baby. And do you well, see his hair? I mean, come I'm on, man. Jacked up, baby. Look at those twelve-inch pipes. I wonder. I wonder. <laughs> I'm sorry. If, I wonder if uh, Lev Bell being away from the game all of last year plays into this too. Like, if the NFL might have thought, oh, he was away for a year. What was he doing during True. that year? Right. There's got to be something to it. Yeah, but this is the thing that's frustrating because you assume like, if I take the test the first time. And I come back clean. What's the deal? Okay, you test me again. I come back clean. Okay, if I would have failed or anything like that, we know how quick the NFL is to put that information out there or, you know, leak that information since it's not even supposed to get out there when you're failing tests. But that's another debate. 
But I think in this situation, that's where the frustration comes from. But once again, you know what you signed up for. You're allowed to be tested. I think six times in, in was it? He said he's been tested five, five times in ten, in in ten, ten weeks games. Yeah, in ten games. Ten. Technically, they can still test you more. So he still hasn't reached like the max amount of testing per player. And this is, like I said, this is completely separate from him obviously being in the program for a while for the marijuana, which they're allowed to test you. It's an even astronomical number in terms of that. Okay. Yeah. So even with his frustration, it's like they still aren't doing as much as they could do to you. You know what I say? <laughs> so, Arthur, he said he's not going to get tested anymore. Yeah. And which then you're talking about suspension. That's yeah. definitely suspension. You, and, that's, yeah. and that's why I said earlier, if, like, if you are that adamant that you don't want to get tested no more, then just understand you're not going to be playing because – that's the rules. That's it. They will suspend you. They will take your money. And then from there, you're going to get entered into the program, which is going to have you either getting tested more. Right, right. Or you're just going to have to That's retire. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing about it is 52 mil. Test me every day. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care. Yeah, yeah man. I, I, I'm take, with my you, man. <laughs> take my blood. Take my blood. I'm with just you. Just leave me enough to have yeah. the heartbeat. Yeah, we, right. we, well, one time we were doing uh, a show at the uh, 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 event center in Oakland, uh, the oh, Peterson, Peterson Event Center. Yeah, yeah. We were given blood. Oh. We were on the air competing to, to give who blood. would give the blood faster. Yes. Who oh, would wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, I figured it, I, I had it because I was the fat guy. It would be slicker blood. Yeah. Oh, I mean? man. So, which, by the way, we're, we're pumping our we're hands. We're pumping then our hands. Start, we started getting nauseous. Uh, you're right. We were doing it on air live yeah. at a Jeez. blood drive. Yeah, it was hilarious. Yeah. Well, so Wolf passed out. I had to talk. I did Hey, not. there I we go. Not. I like that. You kidding me? I wouldn't miss that cookie. <laughs> <laughs> Cookie end, Cookies and orange juice. Wolves, I'm going for it. You I'm know it, baby. All right, we're out of time. Uh, Wes and uh, Wild, uh, or Wild Wild Wes and uh, Arthur, don't cross the moats, are on right next on the Steelers radio network. And if you're going to ESPN uh, 970, then you got Stan Severin. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Wes. Thank you, Arthur. Uh, you oh, guys love, are baby. Great. Appreciate you. All right. Uh, so long, everybody. God bless.